Let's continue our worship as we turn to God's holy word to the gospel of Luke chapter 13 verses 10 through 17. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. You're welcome to turn into your own Bible or the words will be on the screen as well. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which, which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. will let us join together in prayer Abba Father as we humble ourselves before you this morning every need is known every trial and every tribulation every heart is open we pray Lord Jesus that you'll remove all barriers that you will write your word upon our minds and our hearts and help us Lord Jesus to conduct our lives in such a way that glorifies you through not only word, but through action and deed. We pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that the meditations of our hearts and the words of our mouths, Lord Jesus, will be pleasing unto you. And may you receive all the honor, the glory, and the praise now and forevermore. In Jesus' precious and powerful name we pray it. Amen. This morning, one of the most difficult aspects of preaching regarding the Sabbath is the pace of society that we live in today. Now, for some of us that date back prior to like 1966, those of us can remember before the blue laws were repealed. So we remember a time on Sundays where going shopping or going to the movie or doing any sports activity, any of those type of things, really just wasn't done. But it was not the will of the people, so those laws were retracted. And to be honest with you, we need to reclaim the Sabbath and make it holy. We need to reclaim the time that we used to set aside and spend with worship, spending time with God, and with family. And let me tell you the reason I believe this wholeheartedly. 
is because we live in such a fast-paced society that it can be overwhelming. The emails never stop. The instant messages don't respect a break. Disaster all around the world personal needs, everything can encroach. And what the Sabbath was truly meant to do was to set aside time to worship God and to spend time with God, to rest in God, to be nourished in God, to be encouraged by God. It was time set aside that we need to reclaim because Jesus Christ God the Father Almighty through the power of the Holy Spirit did not create human doings. He created human beings. And so many of us have forgotten what it's like just to be. Think of it in society. When you go out and you meet somebody for the first time, how quickly does it turn to, well, what do you do? What's your profession? What, what do you do? How do you define yourselves? But let me tell you something. Occupations don't define who a born-again believer of Jesus Christ is. We are greater than the sum of what we do. We are greater not because of our own will or our own ability, our own talent, our own skills, but we are greater because Jesus Christ has claimed us for Himself. He has redeemed us from sin and death and put a new path before us that we may walk it and glorify Him. Grow in His image and in His likeness. So when you hear today's story, this narrative of Jesus healing on the Sabbath and then him condemning and calling the, the leader of the synagogue a hypocrite. Hear it as it is. He is condemning the, the, the individual in the practice. He's not condemning the Sabbath once recorded in all three synoptic gospels. Jesus was walking with his disciples through a field on a Sabbath day, and just so happened they picked grains with their hands and they kind of sorted it and they were eating the grain. And a Pharisee saw him and said, How dare you? How dare you work on the Sabbath? And Jesus was quick to correct him. Jesus said, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You hear me? The Sabbath is made for the benefit of human beings to connect with God, to rest in God, to be nourished by God, to be sustained by God. It was never meant to be a burden, especially a burden that could be used to criticize and cause conflict in energy, or not energy, but conflict and injury. God never meant anything in his word to be used as a weapon to do harm. Never. But yet it happens. And even more so, 
That's why we need the Sabbath, so that we can heal from our wounds, that we can be renourished and renewed. I lift the Sabbath day up to you, and I say, keep it, keep it, but not legalistically. Don't keep it as a burden. Keep it as a joy. Back to our text, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue how beautiful it is that when the day's Lord rolls around, Jesus is in the house of God. He's teaching, he's preaching, he's elaborating the scriptures, and then out of the corner of his eye, he sees a woman come in, bound, crippled by horrific disease, we would refer to today as osteoporosis, right? We're familiar with that. I'll never forget in my first church, we had this beautiful little lady that I just came to love. She had the worst osteoporosis I've ever seen an individual live with. It humped her over in such a way that she could only see the ground in a few feet right in front of her. Could you imagine? Day after day, week, after week, the only thing in your periphery is what's immediately before you. She couldn't even sit in a chair and watch TV. She had to lay all the way down just to be able to see straight. She was bound by that osteoporosis, but she refused to let it conquer her or steal her joy. She refused to be a victim of her circumstances but fought with every breath to claim her place in the kingdom of God. And God blessed her and healed her, not in the healing that we would love to see, or not in the healing that's reflected in today's text, but healed her by calling her home and making her whole and complete in his kingdom. I thank God for that healing. So out of the corner of Jesus' eye, he sees this woman coming, and he claims her. Remember what he calls her? A daughter of Abraham. You see, a daughter of Abraham meant that she was one of Abraham's children, one of God's chosen, one of the covenantal people. He immediately said, you are set free. I don't know about you but I glorify in those words. I love to see people set free because I also know what it's like to be set free from burdens. Not of that type, but of a different type. He immediately says to her, you are set free. But the interesting thing is she's not immediately healed, is she? No, Jesus wants to make it personal. He wants to make a connection. He walks over and places his hand on her. Don't overlook that, folks. It's important. You see, we know from other healing accounts, Jesus could have said the word and instantaneously healed her. But he wanted not only to heal her, he wanted to show and teach others in the crowd. You see, because of her ailment, she would have been judged. They would have thought that she or her ancestors would have sinned, and she is being punished. She would have been considered unclean by the ritualistic laws of the day. She would have been seen as an undesirable. 
rather than a daughter of Abraham. So he touched her. And when he touched her, she was immediately healed. And do you recall what her response was? She stood up straight and she praised God. Now can you imagine this woman for 18 years only being able to see her feet or the ground right in front of her now being able to turn her head upwardly and the first thing that she does is praise our Lord and our Savior. How beautiful is this account? How incredible is this miracle? How powerful is this testimony? But then the leader of the synagogue either a scribe or a Pharisee, speaks up. But he doesn't address Jesus himself. Notice that in the text. He doesn't address Jesus. He addresses the crowd. You see, he's got a little conviction in his heart, but he's not willing to go to the source and the sustainer of all that is and was and ever will be. He said, you crowd, you people, There are six days of which you can be cured. Come on those days and be healed. Don't you love it? Don't you love it, folks? Jesus immediately steps right into the fray of things. You hypocrite! I don't know about you, but I kind of dig that. You hypocrite! How dare you make this daughter of Abraham a burden? How dare you leap shame upon her? How dare you judge her? How dare you are missing the point? If not on the Sabbath, when? And for heaven's sakes, let's think about it. The Sabbath is the Lord's day. There's no greater day to receive a healing. There's no greater day to be touched by Him. As that beautiful hymn says... The Sabbath is the day of blessing. The Sabbath is a day of renewal. The Sabbath is a day of healing of our hurts. Physical, mental, spiritual, all aspects. God pours His love out upon His children daily. Daily. Every moment. Every second. I don't know about you, but I know individuals that need to be set free. I know individuals that need to be touched by the Savior. I know and love people that are longing, longing to be healed. Even if that healing comes in the way of leaving this temporary life for eternal life. And I celebrate their faith. I celebrate their commitment and I lift them up to God as inspirations of instruments of grace and mercy, of healing and love. For is that not what God calls us to be? Far too often, people will choose rules over love, judgment over grace. Far too often, we give in to our human temptations to be judgmental when what God is really calling us to be is lovers of people. 
For is he not the great lover of sinners? Sinners and saints. Once a lawyer came to Jesus and he said to him, Teacher, we know that you are great with great authority. So tell us, what is the greatest of the commandments? Jesus responded by beginning reciting the Shema, the most sacred of Jewish prayers. It begins, Hear, O God, you are the one true God. And then he breaks from the Shema and says, You shall love your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourselves. You see, we have to be a people of love because our Savior is a Savior that loves. Just before his death, just before he was to be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, he told his disciples on his way out from the upper room of which he established the Holy Eucharist, Holy Communion, he said to you, I will not be with you much longer, but a new commandment I give you. You shall love one another as I have loved you. You see, love trumps ritualistic law. Mercy trumps judgment and cruelty. Love is the language. Love is the language of the Holy Spirit. God is the ointment for all that ails us. Through the power of the work of the Holy Spirit, we can claim our faith in victory, but how we live out that faith is critical. Help us, Lord Jesus, we pray. Help us to love more. Help us to encourage more. Help us to be your hands and your feet. Help us to see you in each other and help us respond in faith so that we may be your people and glorify you not only through word and action but with every fiber that makes up our beings. Today I lift up to you the keeping of the Sabbath but never for ritualistic standards. I lift up the Sabbath to you because God wants you to carve out a little bit of time so that he may love on you in such a way that he truly may become your shield, your strength, your provider, your redeemer. Now as we move at the close of our worship, and as Jason and Jamie come forward to leave us, I encourage you, if you need to be set free, if you need to be touched by the Master, if you need anything at all, this is sacred time and a sacred space. And let me just say, if you don't know Jesus Christ as a loving and forgiving God, don't leave here without knowing, and I mean knowing, knowing that he loves you and longs to have a personal relationship. Let us close our worship now in the name of our Savior.